0: Welcome to BeastNet. You've tuned in to a special episode dedicated to the Sober Spartan. These episodes are an extension of the Facebook group Sober Spartans. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect any policy or position of anyone but themselves. Show guests share their stories openly and honestly. Some will remain anonymous, some will share their names. Please be respectful of the privacy of those who wish to remain anonymous. Hey everybody, Brother Boggs here, getting on the horn today with Amanda, and we're going to talk about Sober Spartans, a Facebook group, and kind of... What's turning into a way of life for a lot of Spartans? So, Amanda, if you want to go ahead and mm-hmm. introduce yourself and kind of tell us your story, and then we'll <laughs> talk about racing and everything else.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, on social media, I am Amanda Kelly um, or the Dreddy Spartan. Um, at home, I'm a mom, I'm a nurse. Um, I'm uh, almost 15 years into uh, recovery. April fifteenth, two thousand five, was my uh, sobriety date. Um, let's see. I honestly, I I, I started sober Spartans because I really felt as though there just needed to be a space. Um, you know, I I had been a pretty big. Um, Oh goodness i've been I'd been a pretty uh, big partier. I you know did lots of festivals concerts all that stuff um, I didn't really do races prior to um, getting sober but I was always out I was always part of a community and um, kind of followed some bands around and then when I joined uh, or started doing OCRs rather um, I kind of realized there was a, a a need for some camaraderie more so than just on the race on the race course, but also, um, you know, in the the pre parties or the right after the race in the festival area or, um, over the weekends, you know, traffic, the weekends or whatnot, there is a lot of room for people to, to, you know, hang out and drink as it's so inter, you know, intertwined with a lot of events or you kind of go back to your hotel room or go back to your Airbnb by yourself because you don't want to be around, um, you know, alcohol or whatever the case may be. So, um, sober Spartans was pretty much spawned as a way for me just to get in contact with some of the people I had met over the years who I knew uh didn't drink. And I, I'm from Mid-Atlantic. I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Um and so I figured some of the cl- uh the the races around me, I could, you know, hit some people up through this group. And boy, I didn't realize that um it was really a need, kind of everywhere. Um, you know, I know that, that addiction and um, um, disordered behaviors is, you know, kind of a common human phenomenon. But um, but within OCR specific, uh, I didn't realize there was there was a lot to be said for people in recovery. So anyway, I uh, started this group just less than a year ago and it's booming and met some phenomenal people heard some great stories um have helped some people um you know in in in, in their struggles and um yeah that's pretty much where sober spartans come from and that's that was my contribution so um
0: so yeah, so, what I gonna, so <laughs> can
1: i how <laughs> can i go into that <laughs>
0: i was gonna say so yeah sober sober spartans was really cool when i came across that uh I actually came across it because a friend posted a picture of the, uh, the t-shirt that's available oh, through sure. the group now. And, and I was like, Holy heck. And I reached yeah. out to that friend and, and I found out that that friend uh, is a silver Spartan also. And that's yeah. just been yeah. an amazing thing. Um, by the time this airs, this will air on the know, last Sunday of the month, whenever that is, so I guess that'd be next mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, 26th is when I reach a thousand days. So it'll be just after awesome. the fairs. Uh, oh, that's and, awesome. Good for you. So I think this is just a great time to to kind of do this and, and bring this yeah. out. To the, uh To the rest of the people that follow the show. Um, you know, that, that I was kind of talking before, before we got on here, that there's a total of five mm-hmm. hosts for the show and, and we're mm-hmm. all very different. And, uh, and my story is, is a very long drawn out story that, uh, that eventually somebody's going to draw out of me on this uh, on this podcast. <laughs> it'll be, it'll yeah. be something that uh, that we talk about in the Silver Spartan group, I'm sure. So beyond the group, um, now, kind of mm-hmm. let's talk about let's talk about you and, and kind of what happened 15 years ago and how you sure. got to where you are now. Sure, sure.
1: Um, well, I can say that um, I had actually started using. Um, I was primarily um, a drinker, um, and any kind of of anything I could get my hands on. Um, Started when I was about 14. um, Made my way kind of through high school. I ended up um, dropping out of my junior year just because I couldn't keep things together. Some family drama kind of caused me to be uprooted um, and moved across the country. And so I got what I would say would be dry. I wasn't sober, but I was dry. I wasn't using. And so in that time frame, I was like 17, 16, um, I discovered like running and I was like, okay, that's the only way I can get out of the house. I'm antsy. I need to do something. And so um, I was living with my sister at the time. She said, okay, you can go out and run around the block a few times, you know, or what not And So that's how I started um, using activity kind of as a, as a therapy. Um, That dry period lasted until I was about 20. And then I kind of just went all in um, and worked up a pretty um, significant dependence on alcohol and cocaine. Um, And that lasted until um, I got sober then when I was almost 26. But in that time, I had, you you know, I had a little stint where I was, you know, in a cell, I'll say, um, I'd wrecked cars, I'd lost jobs, I'd lost friends, you know, I'd really had some sketchy behavior and nothing really did it for me. I just kept going and going. Um, I ended up having some medical issues, which turned, you know, out to be, um, drinking related that still didn't stop me. Um, and then one night I went out and, you know, blacked out as I, I would all tend to black out almost every time I drank. Um, I woke up the next morning and I'll be hundred percent honest. I did not have full intentions of quitting for good. It was more a matter of, oh crap. I, I can't drink today. Cause I just felt like I was facing my mortality that one morning. For some reason, everything was so, you know, I'm pretty sure I had, you know, concussion. I know I had some cracked ribs. You know, it was just, just a crazy night, you know, what, what? You know, I didn't really think much of it in the moment. But then when I woke up in the morning, I was like, I need to not drink today. And so, um, like I said, I didn't have plans of quitting forever because that's a big scary. That was a big thing that I couldn't wrap my brain around at the time. So um, that day, I didn't drink. The second day um, in the morning, I woke up and was like, well, now what? You know, what do I do today? And I kind of thought back to my teenage years, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go walk around the block. And I went outside and walked around the block a couple times, came back, and was like, okay, well, I'm not going to drink today. And that luckily stuck with me for a couple weeks until I hit about two weeks in, and I was like, wow, I'm actually kind of sober right now. And so I thought, well, I kind of challenged myself and thought, well, let's see how far I can take this. And that, that was it. And I hadn't had anything to drink since right around that two week mark was when I, those walks were turning into jogs. And um, I, you know, I, I wasn't a big AA um, attendee at that point. Um, I had tried AA back while I was actively drinking and using, um, and it never really stuck. I never, you know, found a group that worked, So I never really went that route. I literally just used my emotions, my activity, my, um, movement, my, um, the fresh air kind of as my meditation. Um, and somehow it stuck. And I, I did have to make a few adjustments in my life where I got a new job. I had been working, you know, of course, as a bartender. So I left that job and uh, found a a new job around people that I knew cared enough to keep me safe, even if I couldn't keep myself safe kind of scenario and um and so that that's pretty much how it how it started and then um you know I kind of wore my sobriety on my sleeve for a while um and wore it like a badge just because it was it was I was I was so proud of myself that holy crap how did I do this you know no one um that I was I was actually uh a newlywed right in this time frame and um the gentleman I was married to, he, you know, we talked about having kids and he's like, you have to be sober for at least a year because I don't trust that you can stay sober long enough to, you know, carry a child and become a mother. And and, and that hurt when he said that. And so as I was, you know, learning this sober, you know, sober life, it was when, you know, I was starting to see things beyond myself and realize, wow, I could potentially you know, have a good marriage and maybe, you know, have a kid someday. And um, so it was things like that, that never even crossed my mind when I was drinking. It was all about me. It was all about when I was going to drink or use again. And, you know, how I was going to get out of trouble or get out of a lie or figure out what I did the night before, you know, all those horrible things that we do to ourselves for no reason whatsoever. You know, there's no benefit to it. But um, I felt like I was given a chance because I'm pretty sure there were pl- plenty of opportunities that I could have ended up, you know, dead in jail or worse. And um, I didn't. So I kept thinking maybe, maybe there's a reason. So, you know, I I like to think now here I am 15 years later that I've kind of, made good on that, you know, <laughs> I didn't want any of that to go those years to be in vain. You know, I think I've, um, kind of stayed true to those, you know, kind of first
0: epiphanies, you know, but yeah, you start, started that, out with a purpose and now you want to continue it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what it was going to look like, you know, getting, getting sober. Um, I didn't even know if I was really worth, you know, uh, being someone that could change other people's, you know, lives or, or, affect anything, you know, but I knew that there was a reason, you know, that I was still alive. So I kind of went with it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: all right. yeah. that's,
0: that's awesome. You know, now you're, uh, you're starting to build a community where you can bring other people, you know, similar to what yeah. they do with, with AA or NA groups, where you start building a community mm-hmm. and that, that fellowship where we all just yeah. kind of sit and talk about our, our, addiction and our, our lifelong journey to, to avoid the drink or avoid the, the use. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and it's, it's been really great to see, um, how Sober Spartans has like organically kind of taken that on, you know, at first I thought, oh goodness, I'm not somebody that's going to be able to post every day and be all super motivational and, you know, make everyone, you know, smile every morning, you know, but that, that's really not what it's about, but, um, it, it's, It's, you know, there's, there's great people involved and I kind of just let all the members do what they need, say what they need to say. And, um, it's that community, it just runs itself. It's really awesome to see it grow.
0: Um, Yeah, Yeah, it is, uh, you know, so far just in the the couple of months or whatever month that I've been in there, I've watched it grow Mm -hmm. by another 30 Spartans or so. And, uh, yeah, I I haven't (laughs) seen anybody out there. Promoting it or, or talking about it—it it mm-hmm. just kind of is—is what it is. Um, yeah. I told you before we started recording that I, I put up a message asking if there's anybody that wanted to tell their story, and mm-hmm. like everyone raised their hand, and, and you posted about uh, about us recording tonight, and uh, mm-hmm. a couple more people raised their hand, and said, "Hey, I'd love to come on." So I'm, yeah. I'm glad yeah. that there's, there's that many people that are that are confident. I don't know if "confidence" is the right word, but they're. They're content and their sobriety, and they're ready to talk about it and hopefully help some other yep. people. Real quick here, let's go ahead and just take a quick break for our one uh, sponsor. Mm-hmm. So, we're back from break, and it's funny that we talk about sponsors of the show. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs>
0: I was kind of thinking about that when we went into break there, and I was like, and you know what? When I when I text this over to my sponsor, he's going to be like, "Oh yeah, so I'm not your sponsor, <laughs> this other guy." But, uh, yeah, <laughs> the more the
1: merrier. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, for me, I was a I was a closet drinker. Um, I'd sit mm-hmm. there and, and have the the six pack of beer in the fridge, and then go quite literally drink a bunch of Everclear in the closet, so that I could just go back out in the living room and be like, "Oh yeah, just drinking a beer." And uh, mm-hmm. you know, we talked mm-hmm. about that. Uh, the golem phase where you're just hiding it, hiding the precious.
1: <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it's definitely,
1: uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that, that whole phase of, uh, of my, my drinking and my, my dark path was, uh, you know, extraordinarily hard on the family, um, because I was mm-hmm. lying about, everything at that point in my life. And uh, you know, I was barely making it through a day at work at some times. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was just so sick all the time. And I actually I spent uh, a week in the hospital with uh, with some intestinal issues. And, and my wife was so happy because she thought, uh, ooh, ooh, he's a week sober. He's going to stay sober. And of course, I came <laughs> home and a couple of couple of days later I was I was back on the bottle. Yeah. Still took yeah. Another, another 3 months before I finally uh, quit and uh it actually was funny I spent a, a month going to AA meetings usually drinking before and after them before oh, yeah. I finally mm-hmm. quit. Yeah.
1: yeah. Same here. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really proud of you for making that making that move and I think your story kind of, you know, showcases how it really is imperative that um the person has to make that choice. You know, you can have situations that can, you know, demand you be sober, you know, sober, but that doesn't mean that you're um, going to, A, continue that sobriety outside of the situation, nor is that actually going to facilitate your recovery, you know, and there's a big difference there, too, and I know I've I've had um, dry years, you know. I had a, like I said, in high school, I was dry, totally Still used all my crazy behaviors, but just wasn't using. And then I had a, a behavioral relapse um, about eight years ago. I want to say um, I lost my um, the husband that I was referring to earlier about you know not thinking we could have kids. Um, he actually um, had a really nasty uh, battle with cancer, and so uh, things were okay until the end. Those last few months. Um, I made a point of being as sober as I could, but I fell back into a lot of, you know, manipulating behaviors, lying, and just um, finding other scapegoats that were not at all healthy for the situation, you know, and it took even a while for me to acknowledge that's what was happening, and then even once it was acknowledged, okay, now what are we going to do about it, you know, and it's, you know, I'm sure I had people like your wife around me who were like, Oh, maybe she'll, she'll get it together now. And until we have the right mindset where we realize that we are worth being, um, in recovery and we are worth saving ourselves, we're not, we're not going to, you know, which is sad to watch when you see someone else doing that. But, um, but once you realize it, wow, it's a whole new, like whole new perspective, you know, um, it's like a whole new life, whole new, you know, kind of lease on life to be cheesy. But, um, so I'm glad that your wife was able to kind of, you know, stick it out with you while you were, <laughs> while you guys were, you know, before you got it together. And, you that know. was some
0: very, very tough times for her to, to deal with. Uh, you know, even, yeah. even when I, when I got sober, um, the mindset wasn't right for a long time. Uh, I had the, the physical addiction was so bad that my doctor actually put me on some, some anti-opiate uh, drug uh, naltrexone to uh, oh, sure. to help me to help me uh, mm-hmm. pull away from the alcohol. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and in that first probably six months, going to meetings almost every day, you know, talking to my sponsor a couple of times a day. And, you know, I was real tough on her because I wasn't around. Yeah, you know, I was mm-hmm. too busy working on me to be around the house, and uh, and it made mm-hmm. it real tough for her there. First, she had to put up with me for years while I was drinking and going down the rabbit hole, and then, then she had to put yeah. up with me not being around, trying to figure out which way my life was going.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for the patience of, you know, of the family around us, our friends, and the support around. Um, it really is. I know my situation was almost well it was funny in that you know i i met my my then husband as um like we actually didn't remember how we met 100 percent tell the truth we kind of both were in a in a in a drunken
0: blackout and
1: then we we remember bits and pieces of how we met you know so we were always partying together
0: all right so you got brother boggs uh we had a little disconnection there with uh, amanda and we were <laughs> in the middle of talking about uh the way that her and uh her husband met uh some years ago uh did you want to <laughs> kind of jump back in there and, and retell the story that you did a wonderful job presenting uh, to dead air
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure so um i guess w- what was tricky about uh when i when i got sober was um my husband and i had been drinking buddies we met i know it was like christmas eve and we know that there was bits and pieces of uh of it that we um that we were both able to remember. But for the most part, we were in kind of a blackout state partying and celebrating the holiday. Um, And I know we met in a bar. That's about it. But um, we had that kind of relationship, you know, for for a year or two before I got sober. And, you know, he had wanted me to get sober for years and for those years, just because even though we'd hang out, we'd party, um, I would always take it to that extra level where I would typically get belligerent or violent or something ridiculous. And, um, and so when I did quit drinking, it was actually uh, hard on him because he lost that drinking buddy and he lost, you know, who would go to shows with him and we'd go to concerts, we'd go to festivals, we'd go to, you know, happy hour, we'd go watch games at a sports bar. I mean, just anything. And now all of a sudden I was like, Nope, I got to stay home. So, um, was kind of boring. And, you know, luckily I found excitement within sobriety now, but at that point I just kind of played it safe and didn't do much. And so it was a real adjustment for him and for our relationship to, um, to figure out how it would work where he continued to drink. Um, and I, You know, I never felt like he had any kind of addiction issues like I did. He had different brain chemistry, definitely different behavioral tendencies. So, um, you know, I wasn't preaching at him to get sober himself, but it it was a challenge. And so, you know, I think I had mentioned, you know, basically the significance that sobriety can have on not just the person, but family and friends and anyone around, you know. Uh, co-workers, you know, work dynamics—all of that changes. And so, even if you're 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 sober, things might not be ideal. You might still have um, some heartache. You might still have relationships that suck. You might, you know, lose a spouse or a significant other. You might have to get a new job. And you know, things have to, to have have to happen in order for you to really safely and holistically recover. Um, and I was just lucky enough that I had someone around me who was um willing to let me have that kind of safe space without getting too um bummed out that I was, you know, wasn't the big party here anymore. But um I mean we, we made it work and we figured out ways to to kind of get back to a you know, the ability to like go to shows together and stuff. But it was it was a real difficult transition, um, for both of us. And so um that is always just something I, I like to point out to folks, just to remember that it's not recovery isn't just about the, the person because it does have a ripple effect, you know, to those around. But um, yeah,
0: there's the you know the mm-hmm. Al-Anon and Nar-Anon groups. I've got a mm-hmm. a friend whose whose daughter is is you now she's down in Florida actually you know working on her recovery and she came home mm-hmm. for a little while and just being around the family and and all that made her you know, want to start going back down that path. So she actually went back down to yeah. Florida in Washington and she went back down mm-hmm. to Florida where she knew she had her, her safety net with her, her tribe down mm-hmm. there.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so imperative to find that, like find that drive. Absolutely. And I have, I have family members. I can't be around, um, but very, for very short stints, you know, anything longer. And it's, um, it's just not good yeah so I can I can appreciate that but it takes a lot of um self-respect too to kind of get to that point where where you realize that I love you but I can't be around you and um that's big so mm, kudos to her for for being able to get there
0: yeah Uh, Yeah, it's it's been it's been amazing the last um two and a half years for me uh just being around people and and you know, going to functions and and noticing people that aren't drinking, and then mm-hmm. just like kind of gravitate towards them, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, <laughs> you're one of us too. You know, you yeah. You think about the what was it, a Simpsons episode where they're all just going around, one of us, one of us. So Wherever <laughs> that went, it, it, it's just yeah. amazing when I get out there, and and there's so many yeah. of us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, and I, I think that it's really cool, uh, within, um, OCR. And then I also do, um, I'm, I'm a very novice to this, but I've started doing, um, some ultra marathons and it's really cool to see how many folks are involved in these kind of activities, you know, um, and then when you talk to them, it's, you know, they're, oh yeah, it's my therapy for my recovery. Um, it, it is, um, let me, let me tell you one little story. I had, um, my very first, uh, Spartan race was my first real OCR. You know, I'd done like rugged maniacs. Those, I don't really count, but, um, my first real difficult OCR was, um, Spartan wintergreen 2015. And I, that was hard as hell. Let me just say, um, it, it was a hard enough, um, um, course it used to, I guess they used to call it part of the devil's trifecta. I'm not really sure, but, um, it's at this ski resort that, you know, uh, you know, it's all like triple quadruple black diamond, whatnots and, and everything. And, um, I had, you know, it was only three years after I had lost my husband. And, um, this was the first real physical test that I had put myself through, um, that wasn't just straight running. And I had a strange like epiphany, while I was on one of these slopes, I was going up, and I, I was just kind of in a state of like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then I thought it like dawned on me that this horrible experience, as uh, I should say horrible, but this like really trying experience, was like the physical representations of all the crap that I had been through with. You know, losing my husband, becoming a widow, having these—I had two young boys when he passed. Um, that alone, let alone all the other trauma, you know, you know, from childhood and things like that. That—that's a whole other episode. But um, you know, all this stuff that i had been through, including my recovery, this like that race was a physical representation of it, and I left there feeling more whole. Feeling like, okay, I have tackled, you know, emotional obstacles, uh, um, psychological obstacles, you, you know, all these things. And now I have a physical, tangible um, medal that is, you know, that represents all this, you know, that I've been through and this feat that I've done and all this, you know, mind tripping I've given myself and, you know, and, and so... I've kind of you know held on to that feeling, and and I always kind of tap into that when I'm racing, and I feel like that kind of mindset is you know in variations of it, of course, but that kind of mindset is what I hear ultra runners saying, or a lot of you know, OCR racers that are in recovery. It's like this is not just a good time. This isn't just how I get out and release my energy which of course those are benefits as well, but it's also I'm going out there and I'm doing this because I can, I'm getting out there because I have battled my inner demons. Now I'm going to, you know, show, show what I'm physically capable of too. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, <laughs> but I, um, it's,
0: it been really, it's been really, it's been really
1: cool to see that, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. recovery is a, a really tough thing. And, uh, and when you're putting together your program, there has to be that mental component of of some form of release, and for me personally, mm-hmm. that's that's where a lot of the running comes in. Uh, you know, I've been doing mm-hmm. a lot more um, endurance rucking, carrying stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the we did a, a mile uh, carrying a 75 pound uh, bucket. You know, a month Ooh, or so yeah. ago, and, <laughs> and I ended up doing it three times just to to you now do it with some other friends and to help them out with their their buckets. And then as yeah. you know, last weekend, I've got a, a sandbag in the back of my jeep. I'm like, you know what? That sandbag was really heavy. Let's go carry it for a mile. Got about a half mile. Like, Today, but you know, those, yeah. those physical those physical exertions they mm-hmm. they release some sort of like dopamine or something in my mind that that just kind of gives me that sure. that settling yeah. feeling that I need as part of my program. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely makes sense why we're all so hooked on it,
0: <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, you didn't lose so that.
1: Just, no, okay. One shirt, <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: cool. No, I just had the mute but, on um, for a second. So we kind of talked about on. that that first race or that race that really kind of helped tear you down and break you down. What's What's one of your favorite uh, moments? racing or OCR, um, related?
1: Uh. <laughs> oh, I can tell you my favorite thus far. And this is, this really has nothing to do with, it had nothing to do with anything on the course. Um, but it was, um, West Virginia trifecta weekend day two, oh, the 2019, excuse me. Um, day two, I was crossing the super um, finish line, and they had, alongside the super, they also had the trail race going on. I think it was, like, their tw- their 20K, and um, Charlie Engel was at the finish line meddling all the trail racers, and um, he was doing some of the supers as well, but he was really kind of focused, you know, on, on the trail racers, and I had um, literally just finished his book, like, a month prior, didn't know him from Adam, didn't know what a great story he had, didn't know, you know, about any of his recovery or any of you know his stories um, until I read that book. And so when I saw him at the finish line, I I totally got starstruck and was kind of a geek. And it was like, I have to go back and talk to him. So I went back and, you know, I just said, excuse me, um, you know, I'll just take a second of your time. Can I just say hello? And, you know, I loved your book. He wrote uh, Running Man. And um, he literally just turned and stopped and started chatting with me and didn't give a care about anything around him. He just locked eyes with me. And it was that moment where it was like, hey, yeah, it's that same kind of, you know, uh, what you were saying about the Simpsons. You know, it was like he, he we were bonded like we instantly were like, oh, we're in recovery together. red, we're friends, you know, and he took my number down um, so that you know I live in Virginia he's in North Carolina he's like if you when you come down to North Carolina to visit you know next time make sure you call me we'll go for a run he took a picture he sent it to me i mean it and it was just so real you know and it it made it it it, it was just so human and i thought that was so cool you know so i i was i was really geeking out about that but um it, it right. you know it's it's i don't know it was a really cool moment i thought <laughs>
0: No, that that, yeah. that really is when you can when you can share that moment with somebody and
1: yeah and, and again
0: you know it's it's another one of us <laughs> yeah
1: yeah absolutely and he actually was giving talks um he, I think he did a talk there and he did a talk at Asheville and um yeah it's just it's so great you know he's another one you know he shares his story he did the the icebreaker race um, like two or three years ago I think oh no maybe longer than that but he. He ran across country with a handful of other people that were in recovery um, and ended um, in D.C. um, as they were getting ready to do, you know, some kind of um, awareness and and a vote. I can't recall what the vote was, but it was, you know, some political thing. But it was, you know, he he was willing to do that. And I thought, oh, gosh, I would love to do that, you know. And every year for uh, his anniversary, he does an extra mile. So he's like 26 years sober. 28 years old or something like that, and so he does 28 hours of running in honor of you know one of the local um, recovery centers that he supports, and um, it's just cool stuff like that to see how people are wearing it on their sleeve and are are using their platforms to bring awareness and. I'll never be a celebrity. I, I, but at least I'll, I'll happily, you know, make some space for people if they want to talk with me. But, but that was really cool meeting him. And I think I'm rambling. Sorry. I'm getting t- I geeked out about talking about
0: it. <laughs> nothing wrong about that. I asked you, I asked you to tell me a story about something that you're proud of. So
1: yeah. You know, so, yeah. You
0: know, yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, for, for me, um, uh, I think my favorite Spartan story was last year when, uh, when I was finishing, I believe it was a beast at Seattle and mm-hmm. my daughter was volunteering that day and she mm-hmm. got done with kids, she got done with kids race and she managed to, to get over on medals. And here I am just coming down the hill, <gasps> beaten uh-huh. and worn out and, and, go to cross the finish line. And there's my, my daughter to put my medal on me. Oh,
1: and, that uh, is fantastic. Oh, that is rad. I like that.
0: That was one of those experiences that you just don't uh you don't get to do, you know, all the time. Um you know, and I I travel with a, a pretty big uh running group and mm-hmm. when we were over in we were over in Montana, I thought it was pretty cool at the end of Montana, almost a ten hour beast where I was just I was dead to the world delirious and, and I'm crossing mm-hmm. the line and, and there's mm-hmm. you know, my buddy Coach Brandon standing there ready to to pin me. But uh <laughs> nothing nothing compared to to coming down the hill and have my daughter there No,
1: No. That. No. But uh, that's really special. That's really special. That's great. Yeah. Never had 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 that kind of luck. My kids have gone to a, a, a couple races and and uh I don't know one of them she likes them but or, or, uh but not nothing nothing that, that, that they want to stick with. So uh, as long as they're doing their activities I'm good, you know. I'll I'll take my adult weekend away, little vacation away and go race by myself and <laughs>
0: very nice. Yeah. Um so we've kinda you know for our first episode we've kinda been just kinda talking and rambling and uh, yeah. and getting to know yeah. each other. I'm sure I'm sure I'm gonna have you on, you know, more than once. Uh um, oh, right on the the Silver Spartan group. Uh, you know it's an open mm-hmm. group on I guess not an open group, but it's a, a publicly accessible group that you can ask to join. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, and inside the group, we just, you know, we just all want to talk and share our story as much as we can. And for those that, uh,
1: yeah.
0: that want to share their stories of, of, uh, strength, hope, and sobriety that, uh, hope we can help other people. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that this will be a, a platform and, uh, and that the Silver yeah. Spartans will be able to, to kind of come together and everyone will just kind of be happy for us.
1: Yeah. 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 And and I will say, you know, um, I, I don't view it as um, sober Spartan, um, like as a Facebook group so much or, or, or um, you know, it's not one that I, I want to, oh, let's acquire a whole lot of members just to have the most numbers. You know, wow, we've got, you know, I'm not going to do the, yay, we've got 20 or, you know, we've got a thousand people, yada, yada. It, it's not like that. It's, we could, we could have five people we could have 5,000 and it would still be just as important as long as those within it um, feel like they're getting something out of it, feeling support. Um, that's all that matters. And, and I, my hope is that it is a resource more so than just, you know, a, a one more Facebook group that pops up on your feed. You know, it's how do you train? How do you um, travel? How do you, Um, how do you go to meetings while you're traveling? You know, we, we've set up um, some uh, meetups at races that we, you know, so we can get together before or after a race, you know, just, just to have even just a safety net, even if no one ever, you know, even if someone chooses not to ever use us and our meetups or whatever, at least it's there. And if anyone ever just wants to reach out, um, I've, Said this over and over. My my inbox is open always, and I will always do my best to to um, reply as soon as I can. But both on Instagram and Facebook, I'm um, absolutely willing um, if if people just need to vent, if they need advice. Uh, I can't say I know answers, but I can at least you know give them my perspective. But um, and I know I'm not the only one in the group that does this, but um, you know I can I can personally say. Feel free, even if we're strangers, and you and you feel awkward with it, I I will do my best to make you comfortable. But um, it's it's all about just making people feel safe enough to recover and heal. Um,
0: yeah, so, that's so pretty briety, much my mission. <laughs> yeah, sobriety isn't uh, isn't a popularity game. It's it is a daily, mm-hmm. and hourly struggle. It's one you mm-hmm. know for me, it started out as as one minute at a time, turned into one hour mm-hmm. at a time, to one day at a time. You know, sure. and, and that is truly the path that that some of us have to take. And mm-hmm. you know, anybody anybody who needs help along that path, you know, I'm here, you're here, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the online group is is just an area where I think we can all come together and uh, and just support mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, spot on. Yeah. You're right. It, it's not a popularity cost. we're not yeah. we're not doing a podcast so we can gain a whole bunch of views or anything. Like I said uh, earlier, the only the only sponsor that we're gonna hear on this is the one that I have to run. and aside from that, uh, you know this is not this is not about anything other than uh, you know you and me and uh, anybody in the group that mm-hmm. uh, that wants to talk on or off air. you know, like you said you're yeah. you're available. i'm I'm available. Um, mm-hmm. and I've I plenty mm-hmm. of other people in the group post you know hey you need anything talk to me so
1: yeah and i would i will just throw this out there too that um if you see anybody out when i say you i mean listeners (laughs) if you all see anyone out there um, that's wearing a sober spartan t-shirt um don't don't be afraid that we are all open arms uh feel free to you know you know Give us a hey, and um, I know personally if I'm wearing it, oh my gosh! Ask me about it; I'll tell you all about it. Um, I wore it at the airport the other day, and I got asked about it actually too, which was pretty rad. But um, yeah, don't you know? Don't be afraid of us. You know, we we just care.
0: Um, yeah. we care. put our shoes on two at a time, just like everybody else, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> you got it. Well, cool. It's been really, really rad talking with you tonight. I'm going yeah. to start using that a lot more because that's a <laughs> word that I really like, and and yep. you've used it a few times tonight. And
1: oh, uh, uh, my favorite and, word, favorite word. <laughs>
0: yep. And like I said, this is going to be a once once a month special for right now. Um, yeah, with with all the other shows that I'm I'm producing and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like I said, this isn't meant to be a, a popularity contest. It's just us talking about our stories. So mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, everybody who tunes in once a month, uh, you know, hears the stories. Maybe it inspires them to reach out. Uh, maybe yeah. they're re- they're reaching for a bottle, and and instead they want to you know pick up the phone and call one of us. Whatever it takes, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You got it. All right.
0: Thanks again, Amanda, for coming on tonight.
1: Uh, You're so welcome.
0: Be sure to. Be sure to uh, check us out uh, Sober Spartans on Facebook or like she said run into one of us wearing the shirts we're all there just to talk and help you if you need it mm-hmm. thanks for listening to Sober Spartans on the BeastNet podcast please remember to be respectful of the guests on the show and their level of anonymity episodes of Sober Spartans will air the last Sunday of the month and are open to the public to listen to if you hear this and feel like you need help Don't be afraid to reach out. Find us on Facebook at Sober Spartans or email me at eastnetpodcast at gmail.com. We're here for you.